0: Welcome to the Destination Begin podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here, sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Hi, hi. Welcome to the episode. I'm so excited to be here on yet another birthday episode. It's not my birthday this week, but it's my best friend Amanda's birthday today. And I'm gonna talk about Amanda. I'm gonna tell you some of the lessons I've learned from my best friend Amanda. Um, It's gonna be fun, because you're gonna be wildly entertained, and you're gonna learn amazing things, because I have learned amazing things from my bestie. The overarching point here is to make the great lesson to all of you. This podcast, by the way, seeks to teach lessons. Just slide them in there. To surround yourself with people that make you proud, people that make you better, people that you feel honored to introduce to anyone and everyone, and people who essentially set a standard that make you want to be a better person. Those are the kinds of people we should have in our life. I did not plan on having Amanda in my life. The universe dropped her into my lap and It's not an overstatement to say that of all of the people I've met in my adult life, Amanda has made the biggest, most positive impact, period. Um, She didn't set out like, here is Kristen. I am going to mentor her and teach her under the guise of being her friend. Amanda just showed up and has just been Amanda in my presence and has brought her life into mine in many different ways. And because of that, I've observed so many incredible traits, behaviors, and just things I want to emulate and things I've learned from. So I'm going to talk about Amanda. I'm going to talk about some of the things I've learned. I try to put them in order of importance. I can't do that because they're all really important to me. Um, So I hope you'll listen, learn a little bit bit about my friend Amanda. And also I think these lessons apply to everyone. Um, If you haven't listened to any of the episodes with Amanda in them, You should, because she's wildly entertaining, super fun, really well-spoken, articulate, and smart. And um, I call her the greatest woman alive, and I stand by that. I stand by that. My grandma Mabel has passed away. That's really the only reason that – I was the only person that would have dethroned Amanda. It's my grandma Mabel. So high praise. So Amanda, I met Amanda at F45 um, in, I think it was 2017 or 18. I was married to Greg at the time. And, um, we met because she went to a CrossFit gym that also Greg went to. And so there was some conversation of like, oh, I know who your husband is. I work out there sometimes, etc." But one day after class, she plopped down on the floor next to me. We were recovering or stretching. And she told me that she too had had a large weight loss journey. And we just started chatting. And, um, the first thing that she really did to befriend me was she found out I was having my skin removal surgeries. And she said, you know, you're basically going to be disabled when you have this much surgery. I have been there. I have done this. You need someone to really take care of you. And I said, oh yeah, my, my friend, my house cleaner, she's going to come and stay overnight and and I'll be fine. She's like, no, (laughs) no, no, no. You're going to need more care than that. And I want to take care of you. I want to be the person who does that. Up until that point, we were friends and we saw each other and did things together, et cetera, at the gym. But that was like this gesture that was so massively huge that made me really stop and look at her and say, wait a minute, who who are you? What, what Why did why did you just inconvenience yourself so much for someone that you just know from the gym? But that is Amanda, she loves so big. So one of the first things that she taught me was that you have to be a love warrior. So one day we were on a walk, I was dating uh, Randy, at the time obviously this is into our friendship. I had just started dating Randy and I, I wasn't really sure about the relationship, I wasn't really sure about where it was gonna go and i was telling her about it and she was listening we were on a run and i said you know i feel like you know it's not really going to go anywhere and so you know i'm just going to i'm just going to kind of be me but essentially just he's going to break up with me at some point so i'm just going to have fun and just not really invest a whole lot and she stopped and said no i don't like that for you you i don't like that for you your heart's been broken but You know, the only way you're going to find out what is in store for you is if you're willing to open your heart and to invest in a friendship and a relationship. And I don't want that for you. She didn't want for me to lock myself up and lock my heart up. She wanted me to have the experience of being vulnerable and getting in there and trying again with love. And that's the first time I think a friend in that situation has been so quick to be bluntly honest in such a loving, kind way to say, no, I want more for you. I want more for you. I'll never forget that. She taught me to be a love warrior, to put my heart at risk. And yeah, that relationship truly didn't work out, but I got so much more out of that relationship because I was willing to invest time. I was willing to open my heart. I was willing to see what would happen if love would flow. So she taught me to be a love warrior. She also taught me that sometimes obstacles that are in our way are not as big as they appear. When we are going through difficulties, a lot of times we get fixated on something in front of us that seems like there's no way I can do this thing. And because of that, I'm stuck. For me, it was my spice cupboard. <laughs> I, When I was married to Greg and I realized I had to leave, I had to get out, I was so heartbroken. And it felt so impossible because I had just moved into his house a year and a half before. We weren't married very long. And I was looking at this seemingly insurmountable task of moving out. When I had moved into that house, it was to build a life with my new husband and my new stepkids, and it was the last time I was going to have to start over. And I remembered unpacking my spices and unpacking my kitchen into his home. And here I was standing in the kitchen texting with Amanda. I had opened the cupboard, and I saw all of these spices. And I said, I, I just moved in. I, I cannot pack my spice cupboard, and it felt like such a symbolic, horrible death of my vision. And she said to me, you don't have to. You can buy new ones. You can get by with salt and pepper. You can leave the spices there. And it was this flashlight in front of me to say, that's not really an obstacle. You're going to be okay. You can buy new spices. And it was just that common sense, beautiful, true statement that I could just get by without spices that made the horrible road in front of me seem walkable. She made it seem op- walkable. There was no obstacle in the way, really. It was just an idea that was really hard for me to face. And yeah, packing those spices at that time was too much for my heart. And I left them there. And eventually I did get a few of them when it wasn't so hard. But she taught me that In those moments of pain and trauma, the things in front of us, are the objects in front of us are larger than they really are. It's like the opposite of the little mirror thing. Objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. Obstacles in front of us are actually smaller than they appear. And she was the one who shined that light on that for me. I'll never forget it. And then later on when I was moved in. She taught me that my spices were actually not that organized. I had bought all kinds of new spices, and she was like really appalled at how unorganized my spice um, cupboard was. So I organized them and showed them to her, and she said, oh, that that's actually also still not <laughs> organized. So Amanda's an organized person. Her spice cupboard is always immaculate. So I wonder if they're alphabetized. I should check. Amanda, let me know. Are your spices alphabetized? So I'm so grateful that she taught me that in that moment. My obstacle was just basically an illusion, and I could be just fine with salt and pepper. What was funny about that time in my life, too, like, there was, it was so horrible. That was just such an awful thing. I had to leave. I had to move out, and I stayed at a hotel for a while, and there were certain things that I needed with me to feel like I it was normal, and I remember when I was going from hotel to hotel, um, I brought pancake mix with me because I I just needed to feel like I could make pancakes at any time. Now, I didn't stay at hotels that had kitchens um, or dishes, but I I was packing up my work clothes and the things I needed. In my At the time, I liked this gluten-free pancake mix called Pam Cakes. So I had a bag. All my salad dressing and my pancake mix came with me from hotel to hotel. So these are the things we do when we're in a state of panic, I guess. Anyway, Um, another thing that she has taught me to do hard things. At the time when she stayed with me, when I was having my skin removal surgery, she was doing 75 hard and she had talked about, you know, that she was doing 75 hard. And so she would bring her bike and she fit her two workouts a day in between taking care of me. Um, But I had never heard of doing challenges like that before. I had done lots of different things and I was pretty fit, but 75 hard was something that she had heard about through her now stepson and she started doing it. She grabbed this challenge and I was like, that's crazy. But she inspired me to want to do it as well, and so seventy five hard was the first really hard discipline challenge I have ever done and I got the idea from her and watching her do it and that that can do attitude of doing hard things is something that i I had learned a little bit, but she cemented it in me because not only did she do hard things, but she told me the stories of the other hard things she had done i mean she 's done i don't know how many iron mans I always forget but You know, she was a mom and a wife with little kids, and she decided to do an Ironman. And so she just looked at the calendar and said, okay, I can do this. If I really want to do something, I will find the time. So she was swimming in the morning or biking in the morning, doing one of the um, exercises over lunch and one of them at night. And a lot of people say, oh, I don't have time to work out for an hour a day. And she's like, well, I trained for and completed an Ironman while I was a wife with full-time, working full-time and two kids. So if you really want to do something, you can do it. And it's not to shame other people, but she has set the example that, yes, when you decide you have a goal, you can do hard things. You must prioritize, but you can, it, you can make it part of your life. And not in a drudgery. She's not this Jocko Willick, Andrew Frisella type. She's this happy, positive, active person who shows that life is meant to be grabbed. I want to do this thing. It is hard, yes, but I have figured out a way to make it doable. And therefore, I will just go and do the thing. And then, of course, I will finish the thing. Of course, I will execute the thing you want to do something hard make a plan commit schedule it in and then go do the thing there is no shock like whoa i can't believe i did the thing there's pride that i did the thing but i knew from the very beginning that i was going to set out and do the thing and i never had that kind of focus before amanda i still don't often have that focus without being shown that and inspired to do that again by amanda So she taught me how to do hard things and doing 75 hard changed my life and she is the one who brought me that and I'm so grateful, so, so grateful. Amanda has also taught me the value of being your own person. She's the first person that showed me just by example, how beautiful it is to just stand in your own personality. I didn't know Amanda had kids for a long time. We laugh about it and this is not to say that she doesn't prioritize her kids, But when Amanda introduces herself to people and to me, and I saw her at the gym, so obviously we talked about gym stuff for a long time, it's not, hi, I'm Amanda, and I'm a mom. I have a couple kids, and they're in sports or whatever. It was just, I'm Amanda, and this is me, and this is what I want to do. Hey, you want to do this fight for air climb? Hey, you want to go for a run? I'm a triathlete. I like to lift heavy things. Um, I like old-fashioned donuts. I like breakfast food. I always bring my coffee with me. Um, I got to know Amanda the person. And so often, women, we get really stuck in introducing ourselves and being a role. So, hi, I'm Kristen. I'm a mom. I have a couple kids. You know, I'm a soccer mom. And there's nothing wrong with those parts of our lives. But I think a lot of times as women, we get so engrossed in the hats that we wear that we, f- we forget about the person wearing the hat. And Amanda, I don't know how she learned it or how it became a part of her, but it's one of my favorite things. She's Amanda, the person, the bright, beautiful ball of energy, the powerful woman. And she is a, she does something in IT, a systems administrator. I don't know what her role is. She's, but but I'm Amanda. I, I do this for work. I am a mom. I have three kids. They are Claire, Lydia, and Rory. Um, I am married. I have a husband. His name is Jeff. He's amazing. I, you know, it's all parenthetical to I'm Amanda. And I love that. That's really honestly who we all are. And when I run workshops now, I make sure that I ask everyone in attendance to introduce themselves that way. Because I've seen the power of identifying yourself with you. By describing yourself in a setting and introducing yourself by who you are. What lights you up the things you're passionate about, telling people something about your personality instead of describing demographics and roles and hats. Those things are what we do with our time. And yes, they're so wonderful. It's wonderful to be a wife and a mom. It's amazing. But it all starts with you, the person. And she has modeled that. And it, it really gives me and others around her permission to be empowered in who they are too. That's the side effect. Amanda does not set out to do this. She wasn't like, I'm going to keep it secret that I have children. It just didn't come up in the context of her and I connecting with who we were. And when I found out she had kids, I didn't believe her. I'm like, no, you don't. You don't have kids. I haven't seen them. You know, Granted, she had them part of the time and she shared custody, so it's not like they were in her minivan every time I saw her. Did she have a minivan? But the, I'm, belab- I'm belaboring the point. I love that Amanda is Amanda, this and she's confident in who she is. And then she brings that into her roles as wife and mother. Which brings me to the next thing that she has taught me. Is she's an amazing mom. And I'm not going to be a mom again. But if I were to be a mom again, I would want to be more like Amanda. I've seen Amanda with her kids. She likes her kids. She genuinely likes her kids. She talks to them like they're adults. She treats them with respect. She she asks them questions. She's she. The dynamic between her and her kids is amazing. The humor. The first time I met one of her kids, um, Amanda came to volunteer with me when I was um, running these, these. Um, there's a place called Loaves and Fishes in Minneapolis. And we would get together and serve a meal to people who are hungry. Uh, and I would just sign up for all the slots like a couple times a month. And then I would just get groups of people I knew on Facebook and at the gym to say, hey, we're gonna serve food. Um, who wants to volunteer. And there was one day where we also had signed up for four slots to cook and prep. And I was screwed. There wasn't anybody coming. And she said, oh, I'll come and I'll bring Rory. So I got to interact with her and Rory. And I, to hear their discussions, their conversation, their tone of voice, it just, obviously it's mother child, but just the respect, the fun, the lightheartedness there wasn't this, you are my child, I'm talking down to you. It was so, such respect and such camaraderie. I think that's the word I'm looking for. And now I've been in her home, I've stayed in her home, and I've seen her treat her kids with this sense of camaraderie. We are in this together. Yes, I'm your parent, and I'm responsible for you, and I'm going to teach you and guide you and mentor you, but I'm going to assume that you are intelligent and that you are in this with me and that you are someone who I am honored to to just hang out with and get to know. And I think it's so beautiful. And if we could all approach our kids, and my child is an adult, and I'm still challenged by this, to, to approach him as an adult that, I, that I'm gonna benefit from getting to know further. When I was parenting him when he was younger, I most definitely did not have that skew. And I, if I could do it over again, I would be a lot more like Amanda. But her kids are so, so lucky to be mothered in that way. She obviously takes care of them, and she 's responsible for them, and all the things you 're supposed to do as a parent, but it 's done with this tone of respect and teamwork and and equalness yeah i 'm your mom i 'm quote unquote above you, but we are humans we are we are the same, and I love that feeling, and as a result, her kids are just phenomenally powerful in a room. They're fun, funny, engaging, warm. I just love her kids. And I have been around people with their kids where I'm like, you know, I don't really like these kids. They're kind of jerk faces and they're kind of rude to me. <laughs> so, I mean, and I'm not afraid to say that. I don't like certain people's kids, but I love Amanda's kids. I would adopt them all if if need be. And then I would probably then, that would be sad for everyone. They wouldn't get parented so cool anymore. Anyway, so that's one thing that I've learned um, and then going along with that, and I talked about this in a podcast, is Amanda has amazing wife game. I say it to her all the time, wife game strong. And what I love is all this stuff that I've said about Amanda, she's powerfully her. And that does not detract from her ability to be powerfully the wife, to be Mrs. Jeff Shoup. There is no fear in her that if she is Mrs. Jeff Shoup, that she is no longer Miss Amanda Connolly. Jorgensen? I don't know what her maiden name is. And that's something I think that's difficult. A, it's difficult to do, and B, in this culture, in this society, where we've had this skew in the past of women being squashed, and then the skew, the overcorrection in some areas of crazy feminism, and then everything in between, and then women fighting in between, and this is a messy thing. And to see her confidently and powerfully navigate how best... She feels to show up in her role as her, in her role as a wife, to be able to embrace her femininity, to embrace how we, we talk about this. When I was at her house a few weeks ago, Jeff called her and said he was coming home from a bike ride with his um, biking group and he asked if she would make him dinner. And she said, yes, that we'd already had dinner. And, and later I said, did you like that when he asked you that? And she said, yeah, I do. And I said, yeah, I do too. I love when Roy asked me to make him dinner. There's something about this, it, it, it touches my innate femininity and I love being able to meet that need. I love that he asked me and I love that I get to meet that need. Now, it's obviously the respect level is there of, you know, hey, I'm coming home, you better have dinner for me, obviously. Nobody should uh, expect or accept that, that's really demeaning. He of course was not doing that, Um, but for her to be able to say, yeah, I love, I love my role as a wife. I love serving and taking care of my husband in this way. Later, he asked her to make him a bowl of ice cream and he can scoop his own ice cream. It's not that he doesn't know how he loves that. She'll do it for him. And she loves making him an epic Sunday. It's this beautiful display of action for love in a way that he feels loved in a way that she feels like she's expressing love. And it's beautiful and it doesn't detract from her independent power. And that balance is something that for me as a female, I want to embody that more and more. And I believe that if all women were comfortable with whatever level of expression of their femininity, um, that, that they express that more and more freely without fear of other women's comments or having to be a certain way, women in general would be able to shine brighter in all ways. Uh, and, and you don't have to be like Amanda. It's not about like, oh, you should want to make dinner for your husband. It, that's not the point. The point is her ability to embrace her femininity in the way that makes her feel most female is so beautiful. It's beautiful. It's powerful. Watching her make dinner for her husband is not like, look at that poor woman having to make dinner for her husband. It's like, look at that display of, of respect and love. It's beautiful. It's beautiful amazing. So wife game strong. And then other things, I forget there was something that she sewed. She like sewed a button on or I don't know, like these little things. And I think he even says in the house, like wife game strong. So I love that. So I'm going to be a wife soon. I want to have strong wife game. I love, love, love the idea of having strong wife game. And watching Amanda has given me a great example of continuing to be, uh, to emulate strong wife game. So wife game strong. Uh, another really important lesson that I learned from Amanda is to give stuff to people. <laughs> Amanda got married; um, they just had a little wedding to Jeff um, in Las Vegas, and she bought this beautiful wedding dress. Like it was gorgeous, and it was rather expensive. She looked stunning in it, and it was amazing. And afterwards, she said, "You know, I just I don't like the idea that this beautiful gown is going to go in a closet somewhere." when it could bring joy to somebody. And so she put an ad out there and offered this beautiful expensive dress for free to a bride on a budget or that needed a dress. And a woman reached out to her. She met up with her, gave her the dress. It brought so much joy. And I remember the time being like, whoa, that was a really expensive dress. And you just gave it away. But hearing her talk about it And the joy on this other woman's face and the experience, and I saw how much joy Amanda got out of it. I thought, that is amazing. I want to do that. And the next opportunity I had to do that was with my espresso machine. When I moved to Miami, I didn't know I was going to live here. I drove my Mazda Miata, which has a teeny tiny little trunk and two seats down here. And I brought everything I needed for what I thought was six months had I known I was going to be here forever, I would have brought things that made more sense. Like I would have brought my Gaja espresso machine that I loved. It was like, I don't know, three to 400 bucks. Um, it, it, one of my favorite things ever. But since I didn't bring it, it's not practical to ship it. You can't really bring it on an airplane. And so I had to figure out what to do with it. And so I thought, hey, I want to give it away. I want to give it away to somebody that's going to get joy from it too. And it ended up going to Amanda because <laughs> Amanda loves coffee so I got to give her something that was valuable to me monetarily and also valuable because it was my most loved possession and I got to experience the joy of just knowing that this thing that brought me joy was giving her joy and then eventually also it was given to uh, it's it got passed down a couple of times and I think it ended up with Rory with uh, Amanda's son so this principle of giving things away because of the joy you get and the joy you can give absolutely life-changing from then on i can't tell you how much stuff i give away i love giving stuff away it actually is the reason why i ended up starting my nonprofit, operation honey bun because giving stuff away makes me happy giving things away is so much more fun than buying anything for myself and i learned that in a huge way from amanda she's the most generous person ever ever. When she first came down here and visited me when I first moved here, um, I had a hard time not going to Buenos Aires cafe every day and getting a cafe con leche. Cafe con leche is the most greatest thing ever. And Miami is just the best place to get them. Cuban coffee with steamed milk. Amazing. So she came down here and I said, I love these cafe con leches, but they're expensive. And you know, and she goes, guess what? While I'm here, let's go every single day and get a Cafe Con Leche. And every single day, it's going to be on me. And she did. Every single day, she bought us Cafe Con Leche. And it was one of the greatest weeks of my life. And yeah, I could afford to buy those myself. But that gesture was so generous and amazing. And it hit me straight in the middle of my, I was already a little homesick, little heart. She's just generous. And then she's, we went to go climb Pikes Peak and I didn't have any gear because I've never climbed a mountain and she's climbed mountains because she does hard things and she has all the plans figured out. So she got me uh, my trekking poles. So I have trekking poles and she just, just got me trekking poles and this really cool camelback and she's like, oh, it's for your birthday. No, it wasn't for my birthday. It was because she's so generous. So it's so amazing. So be generous. Be generous like Amanda. Um, one thing I've learned from her that I have not implemented though, I, this is something I'll never probably do well is to have a plan. So if I say to her, hey, let's go. I want to climb Pikes Peak. She'll be sure. And then she will make the plan. She will figure out where we're going to stay. She will figure out how long it's going to take to climb, how many calories we need per hour. She did all of this when we went to Colorado and climbed Pikes Peak. I just show up like, hey, we're going to do the thing. Oh, we probably should. Wait, I need to know something. Where do I park? How long is it? Oh, it's cold. I didn't bring a coat. That's me. I don't plan. She always has a plan. If we're going to drive somewhere... Close. We have a plan. She came down here. We went to the Keys. She mapped out where we were going to stop for lunch, where we were going to do along the ways, all those things. She always has a plan. I have not picked up this trade. I'm very sorry. She failed. But for you all, you know, you should have a plan. Basically, the best thing that I have learned from Amanda is that laughing about nothing is the greatest cure for everything. Amanda finds humor in, in like nothing. It's this crazy gift to find humor in anything. And so when life is really freaking hard, when life is not funny, I've learned from Amanda that humor brings all the tension down, brings all the stress down. It relieves so much pressure in your body and in your face. And that laughing is truly the greatest medicine. It's not like, oh, I just made up this phrase, but it's the greatest medicine. The laughter that I have shared with Amanda has healed my heart from heartbreak, has healed my heart from loneliness, has healed my heart from the pain of bodybuilding, body dysmorphia. The fact that we're able to laugh and she makes me laugh is such a gift. Doing our bodybuilding competitions, we both really put our bodies through the fire we did a lot of, I mean, damage to to our bodies. I mean, we're lucky that I feel like we've recovered. It was something we wanted to do together, and then it was something we've recovered from together. It was so much fun and so much joy. But also, there's some really dark moments where we had to really face our behaviors and face ourselves. But through it all, the reason why I wouldn't trade any of it is because of the laughter the laughter of just standing buck naked, getting spray tanned with a whole bunch of strangers like, this is normal. I have a hair knit on, I'm buck naked, I've got my arms out, standing like a zombie. We're looking at women who've got nipple rings and tattoos and places that weren't meant for us to see. The laughing. And then to laugh about how mean and horrible we were when we were all exhausted and starving and dehydrated <laughs> while putting on sparkly bikinis to look pretty the laughter. Laughter is the cure for all things, all things. So I'm so grateful that Amanda plopped on the floor at F45 and changed my life. And the overarching lesson here is to be close to people who call you higher, who set an example for you to be a better person without trying to mentor and teach you. I mean, it would be horrible if Amanda was like, hello, my name is Amanda and I'd like to make you a better person now. No, she's just being her because she's constantly working to call herself higher, to look honestly in the mirror, to find the ugly things, to own them and then to root them out, but also to say, I'm gonna have ugly things and that's okay. To be confident in who you are, but people who emulate growth who show you new ways to see and behave and experience this human experience. Be close to people who make you better, who call you higher, who make you laugh, who buy you trekking poles, who are not afraid to call you on your BS, who are not afraid to say, hey, I see you and it's okay if you're not perfect. It's okay if you want more. It's okay if you don't. It's all just okay, I see you. And I'm gonna go over here and do epic amazing things and I want you to come along and I wanna laugh with you. That's, that's, how, that's how we take being a human and we multiply the impact of our humanness for others. Because of what I've learned from Amanda, I've been able to use it in my coaching, in my workouts, with my clients, in my relationships, with my child, with my family. So just Amanda... Existing and being Amanda, she has changed my life. She's changed many other lives, and what greater calling? And I think we all have the option and capability to do that. I remember one time too. I've talked a lot about my relationship with my sister here, where we, she and I, were estranged and it was just difficult. And I remember one day, I I even remember where I was. I was in the grocery store, and my sister and I had had an interaction where my feelings got hurt. And I sent Amanda a Marco Polo, a video message, and I was so upset. And I was telling her all about it. And I was so angry. And I, just, I, just, I was basically saying, I have to cut her off. I can't deal with this. And Amanda responded so perfectly. She's like, I'm so sorry. That sounds so painful. I know you're really hurt. And then Amanda found a kind way to hear me and hold me, but also point out that there might be something I wasn't seeing, that maybe it wasn't ill-intended, that maybe my sister didn't want to hurt me, that maybe I didn't have to be so all or nothing. And that voice in that moment was everything I needed to keep my heart from slamming shut over my sister. Because she was right. Amanda was right. And be- because of that, my sister and I, we have this amazing, rekindled, rebuilt, healed relationship. It's because of moments like that. I just, I, I cannot express my gratitude to this woman for being the kind of friend and the kind of woman and person that she has been in my life. So this is, I hope, the ultimate birthday gift that I can give Amanda is to talk for 32 and a half minutes about just a few of the things I've learned and experienced and received from the gift that is her in my life. And if you've learned something in this podcast now, her life has also changed and helped and grown you. Yay. Her mom is amazing. Her mom's name is Dory. And so I often think of mothers on birthdays because, you know, my son's birthday is coming up. And that was a big day for me. And so I think about Amanda's mom and the day that she had this little baby, this little spitfire. I just can imagine Amanda as a baby, like, I don't know, head bopping and, like, kind of dancing. Like, hey, I'm here. What's up? Where's the coffee? Um, Why isn't there coffee in my crib? What's happening here? (laughs) But just... As a a mother to hold that baby and look at her for the first time, having no idea how much joy her baby was going to bring the world. It's so cool now. And I've only been around for a little bit of it. But happy birthday, Amanda. And uh, I hope that this day and the rest of your life brings you just a little bit of the joy and the greatness that you have obviously brought to me and to all the peoples that have gotten to know you. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. I'm so excited you're here. If you want to interact with me, go ahead and send me an email, Kristen at KristensmithOnline.com. Follow me on Instagram, The Kristen Experience, and make sure you share this podcast with a friend. That's all I have for you today. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next time here on Destination Begin.